Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. It is a great day for talk radio. By the way, uh, we'll be updating shortly the story out of Niagara region where uh, a Niagara regional police officer was shot by another officer in Pelham and uh, the SIU racing to the scene investigating. Uh, We'll give you that update shortly. What I did want to get to right now is this uh, story that's just come out earlier today. It's been uh, a bit in the making, and uh, we were told that... uh, the provincial conservatives would be coming with a plan in replacement of cap and trade that the liberals had brought in. And now they have uh, Rod Phillips, the environment, uh, environment minister uh, earlier today unveiled the preserving and protecting our environment for future generations, a made in Ontario environment plan. So let's find out uh, about the details. Rod Phillips has joined us on the line. Minister, it's good to have you here on the Oakley show. Good afternoon. Hey John, it's great to be with you. Very, very pretty snappy title with that time. Huh? Hmm. So I, I missed that last part because it got muffled. I mean, it sounded like it was comical. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a long, it's a, it's a very straightforward title. It really is about a made in Ontario plan that is going to, uh, you know, make sure that Ontario does its share to reduce greenhouse gases and helps people prepare for the changes, but also does it uh, without the carbon tax that, uh, of course, we ran to uh, to make sure didn't get imposed on Ontario families. Well, that's the interesting thing, because you say there's not going to be a carbon tax, but there's going to be something called the Industrial Performance Standard. It's going to force big carbon-emitting businesses to pay to pollute. So how is that different? Well, you know, it's, it's quite different. I mean, first, just to set the stage, you know, Ontario has made great progress since 2005 in terms of reducing emissions. So we've reduced emissions by 22%, uh, while the uh, the rest of the country's increased them by 3%. The targets that we picked today, which are also important, we've set our objective as the Paris 2030 targets that Prime Minister Trudeau and Catherine McKenna set with the rest of the world in 2015. So we've got an 8% reduction to go. Um, and to do that, we've got five or six really clear points in our plan. One of them is making sure that polluters pay, making sure that the big industrial emitters um, work with standards that we will set um, to reduce the amount of emissions over time that they're creating. And, and we will give them time to do that, but we will make sure those reductions happen. Um, and, uh, you know, that's it's an approach similar to what Saskatchewan's using. Um, it's about making sure that we use regulation to bring down emissions over time, but in a way that doesn't doesn't kill jobs and, and doesn't hurt the competitiveness of those businesses. Well, that's a key word, competitiveness, because I, as I understood it anyway, with cap and trade under the wind regime, uh, there were exemptions to big industrial polluters to maintain competitiveness globally. Uh, so is that competitive edge still going to be there? Well, you know, we are, we're quite uh, encouraged that most of the large industries, and the big industries admit are industries like cement, steel, to a lesser extent auto, um, those industries have responded quite enthusiastically to this Made in Ontario plan. And I think that's primarily, John, because you know, Ontario has been working with these industries, or Ontario industries, for a very long time. They they know that we understand the competitive pressures, but we also understand the way their businesses work. So so they're enthusiastic about, about an Made in Ontario plan versus the federal plan, because the federal plan is just getting imposed on top. Ours understands the differences between these various businesses, and, um, and you know, they're going to make their contribution. And it's an important part of the contribution, but not the only part of the contribution. And again, it avoids the carbon tax that's going to, you know, really be targeting, you know, individual 
Indigenous Ontarians and Canadians. That's uh, something that families just can't afford. But what you're saying, no exemptions then for the big polluters. Well, they're going to to have to do their share. Everybody's going to have to do their share. This climate change is an important issue. Um, But as I said, Ontario has already made the biggest contribution in Canada, 22% reduction since since 2005. But we've got to get that last 8%. This is a clear plan. It's a sensible plan. And yes, you know, big industrial emitters are going to have to make their contribution, um, but um, but we're going to get there as a province, and, and we think that's what Ontarians expect us to do. And we hope now, of course, that the federal government will see that uh, that our plan gets us to the targets that they set, and that maybe they'll back off on on the carbon tax. Which, I mean, you've heard Premier Ford said it. He did, it'll be the worst thing for Ontario families. We know it's going to add six hundred and forty eight dollars of cost for a family per year by twenty twenty two, and we don't even think it's effective. Well, that's been the bone of contention because uh, the Fed said they would impose if there was not something that they felt was uh, maybe uh, amenable to what their vision of a carbon tax was. And do you think they will now uh, back off no imposition because they feel that this is an apt replacement? You know, I guess we're going to have to wait to hear from them. But I would think if the objective is reducing carbon emissions and we're hitting their targets, and frankly, we're the one province that has shown success in doing that up until now, and we have a real plan with those clear approaches to doing it, um, again, we'll wait to hear from them. Obviously, we are also still proceeding with our court um, actions uh, in terms of the whole legitimacy of their carbon tax scheme. Um, I think, you know, I think this should be about trying to get the job done, everybody doing their share, and of course preparing people as well for the changes that are coming with climate change. Not about, you know, some kind of silver bullet uh, dogmatic approach like a carbon tax, which, you know, if other provinces want to do that, Ontario, you know, it's, we're, not, we're not telling them what to do, but, but we don't think that's necessary, and I think the plan today approves it. All right. So you've got this industrial performance standard going after the larger emitters, but you say families won't face any new levies. But what about consumer costs being passed on to uh, families and uh, consumers because these big corporations, I mean, are they just going to take the hit themselves? Well, you know, you know, this is the big difference. You mentioned the difference with cap and trade. Cap and trade became an invisible way where those costs were all passed on. And most importantly, fuel costs. These, these companies we're talking about, many of them compete internationally, selling steel and the cars and other things. So, so if there are increases associated with the price, they'll be spread more broadly. And that's why we built flexibility in. But when you look at cap and trade, when you look at the carbon tax, that's a direct charge that's going on every gas bill. Of course, we are going to, if they go ahead with car, the, the carbon tax, we said we're going to make sure that people see it at the pump. But the intention of, of Kathleen Wynn cap and trade and Justin Trudeau's carbon tax has been that this becomes just this invisible charge that gets directly added to everything. So very different approach. Of course, we're also counting on improved natural gas conservation, um, cleaner fuel standards, increasing ethanol, which, which actually makes gasoline cheaper. Um, you know, we, we're taking advantage of the fact that between now and 2030, more people are going to be using electric vehicles. That also helps reduce emissions. But unlike Kathleen Wynn, we're not going to pay people to buy a Tesla. That's happening because the market wants it to happen. We are going to help get some regulations out of the way so that they can set up charging stations. So it's a very different approach, John. It's one that lets the market do the work, that makes strategic investments. We set up the Ontario Carbon Trust to do that um, and uh, and gets us to the objective that everybody's agreed is, is correct, that, that Paris 2030 target. Again, Rod Phillips, Minister of the Environment and the latest plan, Preserving and Protecting Our Environment for Future Generations, a Made in Ontario Environment Plan unveiled earlier today. So you said we won't be paying people uh, to buy Teslas, which I guess $14,000 subsidy. However, you did allude to the Ontario Carbon Trust, uh, which is, I guess, a pool of funds over four years working with the private sector to develop clean technologies. How is that not corporate welfare? 
you know, what we did, John, is we went out and looked around the world at what had worked. And the one, the, the Green, the New York Green Fund was a particular model, um, UK Carbon um, Fund. These were funds that leveraged private dollars and public money. So we believe, based on their experience and getting good outside expertise, we're going to use, uh, again, an outside board to do this, not have government make the decision. But in those cases, for every dollar of public money, they got $4 of private money investing. So this isn't government picking winners and losers. These are investments in things like retrofits and other other opportunities where the public money can leverage $4 of private money. So that's the kind of thing that we've seen has worked around the world. Truthfully, we just look for the best ideas um, that have worked, not just the best ideas, but the best ideas that have worked. And we said, let's invest in those to get us to our targets. And of course, you know, that kind of investment also does help local businesses. But, but uh, that, you know, as I said, this is a plan that lays out very clearly how we get to that 2030 target of 30% reduction. Um, and it's based on experience around the world that's worked. And you said, Minister, a moment ago, you want to encourage electric car use uh, by making it easier for companies to build commercial charging stations. How would you go about that? You know, this is a case where there's regulations and rules, literally government getting in the way of private companies um, that want to set up these charging stations. So so we need to get out of the way, but we don't need to pay people to buy a car. Um, people will do that on their own. So again, this the modeling for this and all the numbers for this were validated by the people who've done the modeling for all the other various plans. So it's, it's all quite proven approaches and adoption rates that, that lead us to believe that electric cars are going to be used more. We can help, not by helping people buy an expensive $100,000 Tesla, but by making sure there's a place to charge it, by making sure it can get hooked up to the local, local utilities, the sort of thing government should do. Make sure business can run the business um, and, and take advantage, quite frankly, of the fact that we have one of the greenest electricity grids in North America. This is a great advantage. I just talked about you know, there's great costs to getting rid of, of coal-fired generation. That's how we got that reduction in emissions. But we now have an advantage, a real Ontario advantage, which is our electricity is by and large greenhouse gas-free. That means that things like electric cars can be adopted and effective here in a way that they couldn't be elsewhere. Will that involve subsidies, by the way, uh, enhancing and increasing these charging stations? No, I mean, you know, it's possible that there could be investments, like I talked about, that $4 of private money to the $1, but it's really about getting out of the way in terms of making sure that the electricity grid's available, that the local utilities are collaborating. Um, that's what's necessary. What's not necessary is, uh, is paying people to buy a Tesla. Minister, just a couple of quick questions here, because uh, I know in the plan as well, there's this uh, new natural gas conservation measure. You want homeowners yeah. to burn less to save more money. How, was that, how, how would that work? You know, conservation is the least expensive way. I mean, really, John did try to go at this from that perspective. What is the least expensive way to get the biggest return? That's what I think taxpayers expect from us. So conservation today is the least expensive way to reduce greenhouse gases. Um, so the, uh, so that will enable uh, people to do things like if maybe it's a, a more energy-efficient uh, more energy efficient furnace, uh, heat pumps, other things. These programs are run by the natural gas companies. But those programs have been quite successful. They've been in place for a long time. And again, we modeled with the best modeling uh, techniques the, the trajectory of that, and it makes a significant contribution. Similar one is uh, ethanol. You know, currently the standard for ethanol is 5%. We're operating at 8% ethanol. By 2025, we want to move to 15% ethanol and gasoline. That actually makes gasoline cheaper um, and is better for the environment. So we're just taking advantage of the, uh, the opportunities that are there if you look hard enough 
to uh, to get to our targets, but not to put any further charge on Ontario families. I must say, it's a comprehensive plan. Uh, municipalities also be given greater say over where landfill sites can be located. And remind me again, uh, how about wind turbines? Because the Liberals, of course, would uh, just mandate where they were, despite municipalities, uh, you know, not wanting them. How are you guys approaching this? Well, we've said that municipalities are going to have a say in that. We've also said when it comes to landfills, we need to look at how municipalities have a say. You mentioned it's a comprehensive plan. It deals with with the sewage in the water through wastewater, and this is something that I'm going to put a big focus on, um, cleaner air, uh, real-time monitoring. So it's a comprehensive environmental plan, um, not just a climate plan. There's a climate chapter, uh, but I really would encourage, it's 52 pages. I think it's, it's not a hard read. I'd really encourage um, people to, to give it a look. We are going to be consulting because under our, our approach to, uh, to environmental rules, there's a consultation program through the Environmental Bill of Rights, so people have a chance to give us their feedback. I think, I think they'll see it's a, a sensible program. It deals with a range of issues. It does make sure that we do our part on climate change, but it also speaks to you know, the kind of environmental uh, the kind of environment we all want and balance it with a healthy economy. Well, it'll be an interesting read around a campsite or a campfire one day, because I know you've expanded those as well, which is always a good thing. I'm a camper, not always a happy one, but uh, still a camper. So, you know, 10, 10 million people go to our parks, and we've said we need to get that over four years to 11 million, and we can do that, making sure more people can enjoy some of the most beautiful, beautiful places in Ontario, and do that sensitive to, to, the, to the wildlife that's there. So, you know, this, this is the kind of plan that Ontarians, uh, it's what we committed to do when we were elected. It's kind of the plan that Ontarians want. Um, and, um, and I, you know, I think people, when they get a chance to have a look at it, will, will appreciate that it's a plan for the people. I appreciate your time this afternoon, Minister. Thank you, John. Good to talk. Rod Phillips, again, is the Minister of the Environment, as well as Conservation and Parks. And the uh, plan just unveiled is preserving and protecting our environment for future generations, a made in Ontario environment plan. In a moment, there's another story out of Niagara region that uh, has a lot of people bewildered. Uh, two cops in a confrontation, it seems, or uh, if I've got that wrong, we'll be apprised of what actually did happen. The SIU has been uh, spirited away to investigate, and uh, we'll be updating that story in just a moment. Jeremy Cohen's going to join us, digital video journalist with Global News, and uh, he'll give us the details next here on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to The John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.